0: He slid one foot around Eugenides's ankle, and using both hands as well as his greater mass, he sent him flying. It was immensely satisfying. Eugenides crashed into his attendants, who went stumbling in turn, a mass of windmilling arms and falling bodies as they tried to catch the king, who was making no effort to save himself. He dropped his own practice sword and had his arms tucked in where his hook would do no accidental damage. He slipped through their clutching hands like a fish." The most ruthless
1: attack in any Queen's Thief book. I'm
0: Noelle. And I'm Caitlin. And this is the Aetolian Archives, your Queen's Thief reread podcast to help you recover from Return of the Thief. It's November 1st, 2020.
1: We are back on Conspiracy of Kings, the second half of Chapter 14 today. And I think it's important that you know that we picked this title because we were trying to come up with alcohol puns, and we started typing the same joke in the Google Doc at the same time. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, shots, gunshots. We have a lot. We can get a lot of mileage out of this. So this is the this is the chapter where um, Sophos goes to Melharret's rooms, and has like his talk about like we're your friends, Sophos. We are not the mafia. (laughs) Melheret has planned this very carefully, and it all hinges around the fact that he knows that Sophos is conditioned to be polite, and he's not comfortable being in charge yet. So he's gonna Mm. do what he's told, and there are, like... Also, his entire plan is,
0: I'm going to make him uncomfortable, get him drunk, step three (laughs) profit...
1: Like, there's all these references to, like, the reason he's able to succeed in this is because he knows Sophos doesn't want to be impolite. So it starts with, it would be impolite not to draw back and leave the landing free for those ascending. He planned this to happen as he's coming up the stairs because he knew Sophos would draw back and then Sophos bows politely back to him. Uh, Sunas looked to Ion to see if Ion was going to produce a reason why they couldn't go, which is like... So the reason Sophos got trapped into doing this is because he's still looking for other people to tell him what to do instead of deciding. And then the narration says, there was no polite way to refuse. So Your attendants is...
0: aren't going to save you, buddy. Yes. Rule number one.
1: <laughs> to get out of something you don't want to do, you can just decide not to do it. Like, there was no polite <laughs> way to refuse, but you don't have to be polite here. You're the king! If Melhoret Had
0: cornered Eugenides in the hallway and invited him to have a drink in his private quarters, Eugenides would have just gone, ha, and kept walking. (laughs) Who are you again? I couldn't possibly have a drink with someone when we've never been introduced.
1: (laughs) And then the rest of the scene is full of, like, it's delicious, Suna said politely... And then, uh, the older man spoke with an almost fatherly authority. as obediently drank. Mm-hmm. Malherit guided him back to the topic, like... He thinks that this is gonna be easier than it
0: ultimately is. Yeah. Because he underestimates... He underestimates the relationship. He thinks that Sophos has no emotional connection to Atolia, and Atolia is known to be a quote-unquote murderess, very <laughs> gendery, and Eugenides has abandoned Sophos, essentially, as a friend. And so, obviously, Sunos... <laughs> He's not quite Sunos yet. He's still a little bit Sophos. He's going to be looking for a friend in the court, but what he doesn't understand is the, the depth of feeling that's there and also the fact that Sophos is um a little bit sharper than Dad. that.
1: He has a brain. He can, he can put two and two together and get four. Oh, everyone's been painting us as the
0: aggressor. I can't imagine why.
1: I had a question for you. Right after the scene with Melhoret, you see Jen and Atolia talking, and Atolia says, you know, I do not see the wisdom of pushing him into Melhoret's arms. And Jan says, if I am taking his country, I'll take it. I'm not going to charm it away. And she says, you're being a fool. What I am missing here is, what did Jen see the point of, I don't know, Jen pushing... Sophos into Melhorat's arms as what did he think was going to happen? Sophos would be like, yeah, I want to hear both sides of this story that I'm not already decided on. (laughs) Like, it feels... It's weird. It feels
0: almost self-destructive.
1: Yes, that's what I was thinking. Because, like, he's... It's like he's he has such an idea. We've pointed out before how, like, Jen really feels like the bad guy in the situation that he's not going to make the first moves because he doesn't want to, like, trap Sophos into friendship or whatever, but, like...
0: Could Jen have won without Sophos is a question. I don't think so. Because I don't doubt Atolia's ability to take over Sunus in this scenario if the Medes are not a factor, but once the Meads are in, I feel like that's game over for everybody.
1: Yeah. I feel like that's really, that's been, like, hammered home over and over and over. That if it's not all three countries, they're all lost. You know, if it's just two, that wouldn't have worked.
0: I mean, if you give the Empire an inch. Yeah. And Sophos knows that. Yeah, Even when he's drunk on what seems like some very, very good liquor. I love the little scenes where Eugenides and Atolia are having little domestic conversations about policy (laughs) when they disagree with each other and she's sitting there having pins taken out of her hair and saying, well, on your own head, be it. You know how I feel about it. I've said my opinion.
1: And it's interesting that his opinion is the one that they're going with as a team in this context of him and Sophos. Like, everyone Mm. around him thinks this is a bad idea and he's being dumb.
0: I think this is his arena. Sophos is his project. Mm-hmm. And so she's stepping back and letting him manage it just as he steps back and lets her manage the things that she's good at. Like, how are we supplying this army and where are we taking it? Where will we move these men on the battlefield? Also the building of aqueducts. She's doing all the- <laughs> He just gets to do the fun, dramatic stuff. And the, um, I want to say kin work. The, the relationship
1: work. Yeah. Is what he's doing. Have you seen that Tumblr post? It says, Eugenides said, If I don't get to be the trophy husband of my dreams, no one gets to be happy. Yep. <laughs> he did it. And he took over the world.
0: But that was just a happy coincidence. What's the purpose of this scene between the magus and Edith?
1: I don't know. I don't know. They talk about Janice being dumb. They talk about Sophos' uncle again. Like his personality, like the magus is saying, like yeah, he wasn't that bad, and he's just like I couldn't have done anything with him. And then they talk about Relius. I don't know what this is about. The magus describes Relius as damaged, rough,
0: which uh, brings us all the way back around to the idea of people as tools.
1: Damaged.
0: Mm. Yeah, it feels like exposition. They're just yeah. talking about things convenient for us to know, but we we do also see a little bit of their. Relationship, Edith has missed him, and she's glad that he survived returning to Soonus, which was not
1: guaranteed. But, like, what's the point of the part about his uncle? Like, why is that in there? Why aren't they discussing something else? Because the uncle's dead.
0: Well, they're talking about the magus' return to Zunis. Mm-hmm. And why he was welcomed back. And I think that that discussion is Crucial, Maybe not for the overall plot, but it definitely would be, I imagine, for the mages and Helen's relationship with each other. Yeah. Because he was an agent of Sophos's uncle who was Sunis in trying to steal the gift, pressure Edith into a marriage, and obviously this... It's another instance of this was done for understandable political reasons, but it has a personal impact. And now these two people have a personal relationship. And I think the Mei just wants to justify himself and say
1: like, he was, he could be charming. Maybe. Yeah. Every once in a while. And there was also something in there about Sophos's uncle. In assuming Sophos was dead, he, um, he thought the Magus' loyalties would no longer be unfortunately divided. Mm. So that could just be underscoring, you know, how loyal the Magus is now to Sophos. And how the Magus supported Sophos Needus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that he's going to be loyal to whoever Sophos is loyal to. <laughs> like his wife, maybe. <laughs> Please let me be your dad. We have three whole dads. For all
0: for all of these children. No, we have uh, Sophos' dad. Oh, right! I always forget he exists. He's important like conceptually to Sophos but
1: not I feel like not in, in reality so much. Oh, we get we get more painful attendant content. As you have noticed, he will not have missed me. We are merely for ornamentation.
0: Right, and he says like the king's boots and Sophos says Jen is very fond of his boots and Ian says well maybe not <laughs> so much like the boots then.
1: It made me think about um whatever there whatever there was that um that sentence about, like, all of the attendants were very skilled in, like, dancing and swords and fighting and whatever. Now we were saying these are, this is, like, a list of accomplishments, like, you might see on, like, a lady's roster of stuff for an accomplished woman. So this is mm-hmm. making me think of that, too, that they're ornaments when usually you hear it's the noble noblewoman who are supposed to be ornaments of the court or of their families or whatever. It's interesting...
0: Another gender thing, going back a little bit, when Melhoret bows to Sophos on the stairs, it says that his bow is, um, he, he lifts up his pants like a lady would lift up her skirts, and that it was an oddly delicate gesture. And I thought that that was really interesting in context, because Malheret is trying to appear as unthreatening mm, as yeah. possible to Sophos. And also clearly considers, uh, like, he he calls Irene a murderess and not a murderer, and that feels demeaning. I think he demeans her in a bunch of other gendered ways throughout the book. And then we have the sparring scene. Yet another in a long list of sparring scenes. There's so much sparring. And it's always, the cigar is never just a cigar with the sparring. And it's a trick that Sophos is not in on. Poor
1: Sophos. He's never in on the joke. This was a Jen oddly impotent in anger, and it was uncomfortable to watch him trying and failing to outlast the mead. But then we Mm -hmm. see, like, he went through this whole thing to dissect the guy's fighting style. So my question was, is his anger also faked here?
0: Yeah, he needed it to look like he was losing, and if he was losing, then he would be frustrated. But I also think that Jen... Like any good actor uses his real emotion to create a pretense like he it did take longer than he expected, and it is frustrating for him. I think that he doesn't he he doesn't like for the bead to feel like he's best of him. Jen has that odd combination where he's absolutely willing. To let other people think that he's a fool. If he knows that he'll come out on top in the end. And he knows that honor isn't about reputation. It's about something more, etc, etc. But also, he's got a ton of pride. But he wants to beat... It's not even about Melhoret. It's always about Nahuseresh. Get to know the guy who trained Nahuseresh. So you can beat Nahusaresh, Who I almost feel bad for Nahusaresh Because he's he's the target of all of jen's anger about everything that has ever happened to him in his entire life is directed towards this one guy who's up a, a totally bad dude but it, it it does feel like it's maybe um maybe excessive I like the description of Talaeus as a prickly man who radiates a non-specific disapproval. This chapter's got throwing things at people. It's got all of the... all the Queen's Thief hallmarks. In this chapter, Sophos drinks with his enemy and shoves his friend. He hockey-checks his friend back into love.
1: I know, earlier, like a few episodes ago, maybe at the beginning, I was... I was kind of a little bit incredulous that Jan and Sophos are such good friends after, you know, two or three years away. But, you know, I think all the little lines like this that show how important that trip was to Sophos, and he's still thinking of Pole, too, even, you know, those years later, it really shows, like, this had a really big impact on him. It's not just some something that the rest of the text doesn't support. It totally does. And I like that there's, you know... There are real character reasons to put lines like this in. It's not just some, please the readers, throwback to an older book, as some some authors do. And Poland and Biotis both died. And I'm sure that wasn't Sophos'
0: first experience with death, because this is... It's a time and a place where I'm sure that people get a paper cut and then die. But he he had relationships with those people, and it might have been the first time that he... Somebody he knew died of unnatural causes, shall we say. I love that the Medes have this really strong liquor and the Atolians water down their wine. <laughs> no wonder he's excited about the drink arriving in the mail or whatever.
1: I have been here for six months with this weak shit. Six sober months. <laughs>
0: Why do I have weird chair in my notes? Oh, there was a there was a weird chair in in
1: Maloret's apartment and it made sofas uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, I cringed at uh, he's hammered hooks into the wall over like painted murals or whatever. Like when he leaves, those are gonna need to be plastered over. We're going to have to fill in those cracks, repaint everything. He's not going to get back
0: that security deposit.
1: Ugh. <laughs> 14, part two next time midnight escapades send us your comments questions and thoughts chime in at atelianarchives.tumblr.com be blessed in your endeavors
0: This has been an Amateur Embroidery Production. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are available. doesn't count as a dad he's a little baby he's just a little Mm -hmm. baby who procreated